as much to me as a festering ball of dog snot. Those crickets are chirping in line. Let's see if I can do a cricket and a cowbell. Eh. Eh. Sorry for anybody who's listening on headphones. Because that was loud in mine. I just feel like keeping this song going. Rosie Condos! She was born in a bottle rocket, 1929. I'm a hopeless romantic. You're just hopeless. I don't know. I'm just killing time. Just stretching it out. Because guess what? A high five listeners. Welcome to the Awkward High Five Podcast. It's a Wednesday night. It's 626p in the evening. And I sat around waiting, hoping, praying that I would get a Facebook Messenger message message on Facebook Messenger. From our good friend RTG saying, Dev Dog, I'm back in. I'm here to, I want to get back in the game. I'm sorry that I took a few weeks off. I had some shit going on, but I'm back and I'm ready. I know you've been out there putting it out all by yourself and with the help of some friends on the weekends, but I'm coming in. Much like that annoying fucking hobbit asshole that ruined that Paulie Shore movie, I'm fucking coming in at the end of the game when I shouldn't even be in it with all the skills that I got to make the three-pointer or the triple Lindsay or whatever he did whatever sport that was rudy that motherfucker i really do dislike that guy what's his name sean astin i didn't like him in in the goonies i didn't like him when he got older and he was in fucking the paul why can't i think of the poly shirt encino man i never actually even saw rudy because there's few actors out there there's a few actors out there that that knock me off and uh, and I think we've discussed them on here before, but I don't expect you guys to listen to every episode. You might not know the actors, so let me run through them real quick. <laughs> Sorry. Sean Astin. Can't do it. Not going to watch the movie if he's in it. I watched like one quarter of those Hobbit films. Just got right out of it. Can't do it. Encino Man, I've watched. Um, because basically, it's actually a good movie to watch if you don't like Sean Astin because he gets bitched out so much. One of my favorite gifs in the world. Gifs. I'm sorry. It, it, I'm, been, I'm a little mad today. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I, I'm normally a nice, chill human being. Meditate a lot. Exercise a lot. Make sure my chakras are in line. Uh, goodwill towards everybody. Abundance, not scarcity. These are things that, that I want and I do. But this last few days, I've been a little on edge, a little tense. I think that might be the theme of this episode, if you'll deal with me. So what was I getting angry about? Oh, 
Encino Man is a good movie to watch if you dislike Sean Astin because he gets bitched out by one of the best douche boats in movie history. Shush! And one of the best gifs. Oh, that's what I was getting angry about is that people call them gifs, which doesn't make any sense because number one, gif, the first letter that makes up the acronym gif is graphics, not graphics. And then number two, there's already something that exists in the world named gif which happens to be a tasty peanut butter. So why not say GIF, which makes sense with the first word of the acronym and also is something that doesn't exist instead of making it GIF, which is something that does exist and is creamy and delicious, but doesn't have the word graphics in it. That's what I'm getting mad at. Anyway, one of my favorite GIFs in the world is the part in Encino Man where stupid Sean Astin leans over to look at the crush, which is way too hot for him, by the way, that he shouldn't get. And he's giving her the eyes. And then my man, Matt, I believe his name is Matt in the movie. See, again, doing a solo show, no producer. I wish producer Dave was here. Leans over and gives him the, eh, eh, don't look at my girl. I've watched that gif a million times. So anyway, Sean Astin. Did I say welcome to the All Good High Five podcast? Welcome if I haven't. Solo show number three. Richie's, Richie's uh, still flown the coop. Let me just check. Let me see. Let me see. Right, Richie left us a message. Let's see. This podcast means about as much to me as a festering ball of dog snot. Ooh, I don't know. But let me, hmm, there's a little wind coming through. Maybe someone's about showing up. Is this Richie? Oh, no. It's just tumbleweeds. It's just tumbleweeds. Tumbleweeds and crickets. Hmm. Okay, anyway. I care for Applejack's a great deal. Good. And then some lovely people having breakfast. Sean Astin, can't do it. Can't watch the movies. Something about him. I, I could watch Goonies um, because he's still not fully cooked. He's not a full annoying man. But anything after that. Never saw the Rudy. Uh, I, I'll fast forward through Encino Man into the Pauly Shore at Brendan Fraser and amazing doucheboat parts. The Hobbits I couldn't get through. I uh, just can't do it. He's number one. Probably the main one. Number two. I know you guys are fascinated by this. Number two. Guy in the movie that pulls me out. Can't watch him. Can't do it. Is Cuba Gooding Jr. Not a fan. Uh, I think I just saw Jerry Maguire like two or three years ago because my fiance at the time forced me to watch it because like all women favorite movie air shrimps and I watched it and I couldn't deal with it. Um, I don't even know other movies he was in, but whatever else he was in can't stand can't stand him for some reason. I have no idea. I'm sure he's a lovely man. If I met him on the street, me and Cuba might be the best friends in all the wild, wild world. We'd be running around screaming, show me the money everywhere and be laughing and having a great time but just him on screen something about him just takes me out can't do it Cuba Gooding Jr. number three last but definitely not least and here's another one that people don't understand but for one reason or another John Leguizamo Johnny Legs can't do it now I've suffered through some Johnny Legs movies before Summer of Sam is one that comes to mind he's a small part in it actually I think he's a pretty fucking big part in it but I was I was into the uh, I like Spike Jones. I was into the, the the whole 1977 punk rock thing. I wanted to stick with it. It was a good movie. Didn't take it out too far. Another movie that I think about with Johnny Legs in it that I stuck with, and I'm glad I did. And he didn't take me out too much. Actually, it might be my great my favorite Johnny Legs vehicle, 
was uh, Chef, the movie Chef that came out a few years ago. Not only was I able to handle Johnny Legs in it, but that also made me want to eat Cuban sandwiches like a motherfucker. When they take that pork and they that slab of pork and they put that on that fucking little area in the truck and then they start throwing those yellow and whatever fucking spices they throw in it and then they're rubbing that shit in, that shit is pornographic to me. If you've never had a good Cuban sandwich, if you've never gone to Newark, New Jersey and had a Cuban sandwich before, or Queens and had a Cuban sandwich before, or, or all the places that make great Cuban sandwiches, you're missing out on life. It's one of life's greatest pleasures. So much so that there's a five-second part of them making one in the movie that I suffered through Johnny Legs in order to watch it over and over again. Although, good movie. Gutter's in that movie. I think he wrote it and directed it. Uh, Blow Me Where the Pampers is. This is just going to be a top-of-mind, off-the-top-of-my-head kind of episode. be honest with you guys, I don't have much planned. And for some reason, when I do a solo episode, I talk in this weird cadence. This I have this weird timing to my voice. Like maybe I feel like I'm doing more of a monologue than an actual conversation. So I feel like I need to enunciate. I need to bring syllables out a little bit more. I need to talk a certain way. So if that annoys you, I'm sorry. I don't know if people like these solo episodes. I don't know if I like these solo episodes. I certainly don't like doing them as much as I like doing the show with my best friend of 30 years. Um, that we were making a semi-successful podcast and then just bailed. But hey, that's a whole nother thing. Let's see. Hang on. Nope, nope. Still crickets. I really am. I think that's it. I think that that's my three. Well, hmm, we should make a Mount Rushmore, right? So we got Cuba Gooding Jr. We got The Hobbit uh, slash Rudy. And we have Johnny Legs. Who would be my fourth? Who would round out my Mount Rushmore of actors that I can't stand that will take me out of movies? Hmm. That's a tough one. Maybe I have to get back to you on that. Because those three are the only ones that are really popping out, that are really doing... Okay, here's one that, that people are stunned by. Stunned. I've told people this and they've passed out in front of me. Put their back of their hands on their forehead, made a faint uh, kind of last gasp of air fallen on their backs, cracked their heads open, blood everywhere. This has happened on multiple occasions. Which it's weird though, because most of the times it's happened while we we're doing whippets, but I don't think that's 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 uh put together. I don't think that's correlated. Willem Defoe, not a fan. I know people love him. They love him. I get it. He's a fucking method actor. He's he's one of the better actors. I don't know what it is. There's something about that dude that just takes me out of the movies. I'll do you one. I'll go even one further. Boondock Saints, highly touted cult film. People love the Boondock Saints. There was a while in the '90s there where you couldn't walk through a fucking crowded area without seeing at least a few wallet chains and Boondock Saint hoodies. Probably still going on. I am not a fan of the boondock scenes. Not a fan of it. Not a big, I, I don't like Powder that much. I don't like the Walking Dead guy that much. And I definitely don't like Willem Dafoe that much. As a matter of fact, the only person in that whole movie I like is Billy Connolly because I've met that guy on many occasions and he's fucking awesome. And he's also a very funny comedian and he was very good in that movie. Willem Dafoe, he's going to be my number four on my Mount Rushmore of actors that take me out of movies. Are you guys enthralled? Are you guys excited so far in this solo episode now that you know my Mount Rushmore? Every time I talk like that, I keep pounding my chest like I'm Matthew McConaughey in The Wolf of Wall Street. I don't know why I'm doing that. I'm drinking a little red wine. I'm trying to unwind 
this anger that I have burning deep in the pit of my stomach. I don't know what it is. I, again, I'm, I'm not a very angry guy. Well, specifically in the last few years, I've learned how to control myself. But there's just some sort of anxiety or anger that's just popping out of me. It just makes me want to, you know, it just makes me want to scream. Do you guys like screaming at home? You just like, see, I felt like I was just going to scream in a mic, but I don't want to blow your, blow your ears out. There is something very cathartic about just letting out a scream. And I know I've talked about stink nuts and hipsters here and all the other things that I scream when I'm driving in a car by myself. But sometimes I just like the scream. It doesn't even have to be a stupid phrase. Sometimes I just have to let it go. Just ah! at the top of my lungs. I hope my neighbors didn't fucking think somebody was getting wrapped up in here. But just at the top of your lungs. Do you like to do that? Are you driving right now listening to this? Are you in a place where you could scream? If so, I want you at home to scream with me. You ready? One, two, three. Ah! It just feels good. See, I feel, I feel lighter already just letting that out. I don't know what it is. It's making me want to be screamy and angry right now, but it's happening. Maybe it's the state of the world. Maybe it's what's going on out there. Maybe it's that I'm fucking so annoyed by the people on the extreme left and the extreme right. Ah! See? Maybe I'm maybe I the the collective fucking human ego is turned into the, the biggest monstrosity that it's ever been and just fueled by the fact of quick information and the internet and then people are just picking and choosing fake articles to share just to spell out their own narrative to further push that ego just to to get that out there finally everybody has a voice and they want everybody to know how important they are ah! Maybe. Maybe that's what it is. Or maybe it's just the fact that fucking... Maybe it's just the fact that every time I go on my phone and I want to look at a GIF and I hit the fucking button, just the little circle in the middle that says GIF, it just circles and then the GIF never stops. Starts. Ah! I wanted to see how the kid who played the last Spider-Man caught one of the fucking candy parachutes at the Oscars the other night, and I couldn't get the fucking gift to work. And also, while I'm on it, it's GIF, not GIF. Ah! Wow, this feels good. This feels, this feels cathartic. I want to get more shit off my chest, people. I just want more shit to go. I don't, I, I, I don't even know what I'm angry at, but I'm angry. I'm out here angry. Mad at the world for no reason. Maybe the big thing is the elephant in the room, which isn't even a big elephant in the room because I talk about it every episode for the past six episodes that he's been gone. But my fucking co-host, best friend of 30-something years, the person that we designed this podcast with, has yet again just left me hanging. Ah! Are you guys screaming at home with me? Please. Somebody. Anybody listening to this, just let some screams out. It'll make you feel better. You know what? You know, I need it. I'm going to it. Ah, it's feeling good. Feeling good. Letting it out. What else am I angry about? What else is going on? My fucking road bike has a fucking flat, and I didn't know that global warming was going to happen so quickly, and it was going to be fucking 70 degrees at the end of February. Ah! You know, I went and got a haircut today, long overdue, 
And that motherfucker puts the best elixir in the world, the a Calabrese in Keyport. Shout out to them. After they're done, they put this warm towel and this beautiful fucking smelly elixir on your neck that I could still smell and I never wanted to go away. It smells like a fucking new puppy's breath. It smells like a fresh vagina. It's the greatest fucking smell in the world. And even that's not making me calm. I'm not mad at that, by the way. I'm happy with my haircut. Because before that, I kind of looked like a fatter Michael Ian Black. You know what I mean? You know what I mean about Michael fucking Ian Black? How for some reason, he still wears his hair like he's 19 years old in the state, like a fucking bowl cut, like his mom brought him to fucking Supercuts and got the number one. He's fucking 45 years old and a millionaire on every Comedy Central show ever made, but he's still got the fucking bowl cut. Ah! I'm sorry if that screaming's clipping your microphone. <sighs> Feels good to be angry about these things, people. Feels good. To let this out. What the fuck else am I angry about? I definitely am angry about the state of the world right now, but I don't want to get too political on this show. And if Richie was here, he'd already be making fun of me for even making the left and right and collective ego fucking hippie bullshit that I bring up. Maybe I'm mad about how much of a fucking hippie I've been, and I'm, I'm denying my punk roots where I should just say, fuck it all, motherfucking anarchy, burn it to the fucking ground. Oh, you know what? Fuck it. I've been so mad lately! Ship up, hell down, ship up, ship! Fuck! Ship up, rain, I told Vic, we all lie! You're a motherfucker and I hate you! Fuck, shit! Hell down, ship up! Fuck you, fuck you, fuck! I'm slam dancing, by the way. circle pit that i got going on in the high five studios right there thank you for dealing with that you know what i'm already feeling calmer i'm feeling my chakras light up and re-energize i'm feeling the oxygen which is life's revitalizing force 
I'm breathing in and exhaling all that doesn't serve me, feeling better. Thank you. Maybe some of you guys are pissed out there, and that's okay. I don't like walking around pissed. I don't because you know what I've noticed? I was a, I've been a very angry guy my whole life. And, and hmm, that's an unfair statement, to be honest with you. I'm not an angry guy by any means. M- making people laugh and having fun and loving people are definitely on the top of my list of all times. But what I could say about my former self and those who knew me can definitely would definitely concur is that I, I definitely let my emotions get the best of me as a younger chap. And by a younger chap, I mean 30 fucking two years old. And if something went wrong or I felt something was unjust or, or any of those things, I would, fly, I would definitely fly off the handle. And let me tell you something for the people at home that you might have these problems or maybe you're a little bit younger of a gentleman or a lady and you're just making your way through the world and you need a little bit wiser, older, just turned 37-year-old podcast host to tell you things that, that'll get you through life a little bit easier. And one of those is that there's some sort of energy that happens with the way you are. And if you walk around pissed or angry, you attract pissed off angry people. If you walk around happy and enlightened, you attract happy and enlightened people. I don't know how it works. It's the zeitgeist. It's, it's the energy of the earth. It's, it's whatever it may be. It's the magnetism between humans. It's the fact that we're all made out of fucking stardust. Whatever the fuck it is, it's the truth. So even if you don't want to, walk around feeling happy and, and love towards everybody. All right, that's enough hippie shit. After I just fucking slam danced to butt trumpet, I've been so mad lately. If you want to go on Spotify and listen to that lovey track again. I don't even think that... <clears throat> see, I'm getting mad again. How does fucking Spotify, the largest streaming service in the goddamn world, not have butt trumpets, primitive anima, one of the fucking penultimate opuses ever fucking written, not on... I'm not going to scream. I'm not going to scream again. I'm not going to put the song in again. But seriously, Spotify, get on it. I, but you know what? I don't know how that works. Maybe the, uh, maybe the artists have to submit that, and they don't want to. They've also been broken up for a good 15 years, so maybe that's what it is. However, I'd like to listen to it. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I don't want to go on YouTube and listen to ads. I'd like to go on Spotify and listen to the whole album from beginning to end, because there's many choice tracks on that album, like Clusterfuck is one. A song about fucking all one of his girlfriend's friends. We have fun, we clusterfuck. Another one is I'm ugly and I don't know why, where there's a girl just singing about why she's so fucking ugly and she doesn't like it. There's a bunch of songs on there that are beautiful, well-written, well-composed, well-thought-out, great music, just like I've been so mad lately that you just heard, that the world needs to know. That's all I'm saying. I'm not even mad about it. I'm letting that go. I am breathing out all which does not serve me. And what does not serve me right now is Butt Trumpet not being on Spotify, Sean Astin, Cuba Gooding Jr., Cuba got a long one, I really can't stand that motherfucker, RTG's disappearance and his whole fucking act in general that he's dealing with right now. Even though, I had to cut that breath short so I could say this, even though I did message him like seven times and then he didn't respond today, so I just started hitting him with the fucking thumb 
on Facebook Messenger about 15 or 20 times. I was just thumbing it up, different size thumbs, just fucking thumbing it just to make his ding go off because I saw that he was active. All which does not serve me. People call them GIFs. I hope you guys are doing this with me at home now. Before I wanted you to scream, now I want you to breathe. Wouldn't wouldn't a guided meditation on a high five be fun? I'm not going to do that because I am no fucking Sam Harris or any of those dudes. But all I'm saying is breathe in, filling up your lungs with life's revitalizing and earth's revitalizing oxygen, and then breathe out all which does not serve you. Let the Sean Astons, the Willem Dafoe's, the RTG's, the GIFs, and the Cuba Gooding Juniors of the world exhale with your breath because they do not serve you. I would like to talk to you guys about something serious, though. I, I you know what? I, I seriously, I, 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 mm. you know these sing, these uh, these solo shows. They don't feel like. Uh, I, not one. This is the third one I'm doing, and I don't think one of them I've really felt like being very funny. I don't know what that is. Maybe it's just because I'm in a room by myself and I don't have an audience. What, even if that's one, well, you know, an audience, a live audience right in front of me. Even if that's one person to talk to or whatever it may be. But I've, you know, when we started this show, it was one of the promises that we made. Me and RTG made is that we would be open books. And and in his defense, one of the only things that's not annoying the living hell out of me about him right now is the fact that he was very much so an open book in the first hundred episodes of this podcast. Very brave, very willing to talk about all his problems, all the shit that he's going through, so much so. I whined about a fucking stupid relationship that I was in for a little bit that I don't even care about at this point because that was the only thing I really had going on. Also, the fact that I was kind of rebuilding my life. I guess I had some stuff going on, but... It was nowhere near the drama and intrigue and everything that was going on in RTG's life. So he definitely took the uh, the baton and ran more with that than I did. But there's one thing in my life that that I didn't. I, I very. I've made loose references to it, maybe more in a comedic manner. But there's one thing in my life that I want to talk about because for some reason lately it it goes up and down. It comes and it goes. It's always there. I always suffer from it. But uh, sometimes, and I think this might correlate with my my anxiety lately, this this overwhelming anger that I've had, this just unrest feeling that I've had in the last few days. Uh, I, I, you know, I it spikes up in those sort of times. Like if I'm nervous about something, if I have to say a job interview, or I'm nervous about doing this solo show, or I'm about to go go on a date with it with a new person who I don't know, or or things in life that'll make me nervous. This this ailment this this persistence in my life will pop up. And for some reason, in the last few weeks, it's really been constant and it's really been annoying. And I don't like talking about it because it makes me feel weak. Uh, it, it, it does. It, it's, it's one of these things that I just, I don't know. I just kind of don't feel like, although I know there's a lot of people out there that suffer with it uh, and in much more extreme than I do, um, and I know that I've read the statistics. I know that it's like one in e- or two in every 10 people deal with it on some level and even more on, on an even smaller level and so on and so forth. So I know that some of the people at home listening to this right now might even identify with me. But you know what? I feel like I'm going to exercise this demon on Awkward High Five Podcast. The demon that I'm talking about 
is fucking OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. I've dealt with this since I was a very young kid. And let me tell you when it, when it started. And this is a story that I've never told anyone. And I'm telling you guys, and I'm letting this out, because you know what I'm doing right now? Cuba motherfucking junior. I'm exhaling all which does not serve me. And let me tell you something. From dealing with almost fucking 30 years of obsessive compulsive disorder, that shit does not fucking serve you. And let me tell you what happened. And see, I'm getting, my body right now is actually having a reaction to me even about to talk about this. Like for some reason, I'm, I'm, I'm going against whatever these feelings are that you have when you suffer from this shit. And, it's, and I've read books on it. I've, I've read countless num- fucking uncountable art- articles. I, yes, I know uncountable probably isn't even a word and it also is the same word as countless, but I use both of them for some reason to try to prove a point articles on it i've read books on it i've read i've 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 read studies on it i've done any everything short of actually going and seeking help because you know i don't know i for some reason i'm not like a therapist type of person maybe i should be but anyway what i was trying to say is oh, which does not serve you what i was trying to say is is that right now even about to talk about this i feel like for some reason something bad might happen if i talk about this and this is the fucking problem with it it's it's a brain thing that happens my brain for some reason in this tiny small part of my life my brain misfires it gets locked i actually read a book about ocd called brain lock which made a lot of sense to me where they say that the the reason that you get caught up in these obsessive compulsive behaviors is because at one point the fucking synapses aren't firing correctly and they get locked up. They get jammed up and it, and it makes you think a certain way. And that makes a lot of sense to me. And I think that's what this is. But I don't know. I've never gotten professional help. I've just read books. But here, I'll tell you the beginning of it. For anybody who wants to go down this fucking journey with me, you, you can listen for the rest of this episode. If for some reason you're like, I don't want to deal with this guy's fucking maniac shit. I got enough of my shit going on. DT is the fucking president. I can't deal with another guy's shit. Then I understand, and you could go away. It's no big deal. I'll be here next. I'll be here on Saturday with with a bunch of people and making jokes. So I was about man. I was probably I I say thirty years. So I was probably about eight or nine years old. Um, and uh, I remember this specifically. Now I don't know if I had any of these feelings before this, but this is the first one that I remember. And um, my parents used to have a big entertainment center. My dad was always like a gearhead. He's a musician and he likes speakers and preamps and fucking we were like the first people to get a, a get a fucking VCR. And he had one of those giant uh, fucking VHS re- cameras that were like the size of an actual camera they use in studio. Like we've had all that shit my whole life. Um, not that we were a wealthy family, but my dad just spent all his money on that kind of stuff. And I remember, um, my dad had a whole setup in the, in the TV that went through, you know, a preamp and out the speakers. It was like a, it was like a surround sound system in the eighties with giant speakers and everything. And in that system was a tape deck. So what that allowed me as a child was I was able to put on television and put in a tape recorder you know, a, a cassette tape and hit record and record whatever was on the television. And I would do that a lot with MTV. Like if I was waiting for Guns N' Roses patients to come on, I would put on MTV, have my hand on the pause button. And as soon as I saw fucking the beginning of that sweet black and white video, I don't even know if that was in black and white, whatever. As soon as I saw Axel's sweet ass, I'd hit fucking thing and I'd have patients to listen to on my tape. Another thing that I did it with 
was comedy shows. All the early comedy albums that I listened to when I was a kid was because they were on television and I put them on cassette tape. Okay. So now that you know how the functionality of my entertainment system when I was eight years, 1988 fucking worked, now I can move on with the OCD. So when I was around that age, eight or nine years old, I was a big fan of Gallagher. <laughs> Take from that what you will. Uh, I, I whatever it may be, but if I'm going to be honest, one of my very early he, com- comedians that I've liked, and I guess it makes sense because I was younger, was Gallagher. And uh, Gallagher, you know, as you know, if anybody remembers him, he always had specials on HBO and stuff. They were on all the time, and there was one that I was very fond of, and I wanted to listen to more up in my room. So I went through the tedious act of waiting for this to come on, recorded the whole. Uh, Gallagher thing, the the whole hour long special of Gallagher, all the way up to the Sledgematic, smashing the watermelons, doing all his jokes. Loved it. Was so happy to have it on the tape. I could still remember what this tape looks like. It, I think it was a fucking what was the company where the guy sits in the chair and then the music comes on and all his shit gets blown back. It was one of those, but it was the '80s, so they had like a very '80s neon print on it. It was like a bright yellow and a bright purple, and it kind of had just like blocks of, of and triangles of yellow and purple on the tape. I think one of the spindles was yellow and the other was purple. It was a very '80s, very Cindy Lopper, very Wham-looking fucking cassette tape. All that does not serve. I don't know why I was getting mad at that cassette tape. And I recorded Gallagher's hour-long special. I had to do it extended so I could get it, you know, the whole, whatever it may be, on the cassette tape. And I was very happy with my prize at the end of it. And then for some reason, well, I know now what it was, but at that point, I started having these very intense thoughts. And these very intense thoughts were that if I did not destroy that cassette tape, that something bad was going to happen to somebody in my family. I don't know. I don't know. That's just me being completely honest. It just came out of nowhere. I just had this crazy feeling like I didn't need, I couldn't have that cassette tape if I was to hold on to that cassette tape that something bad was going to happen. I remember struggling with it for a little bit because I just went, you know, through the trouble of recording this whole thing and I wanted it. I wanted to listen to the fucking comedy genius that I thought Gallagher was when I was eight or nine years old. But the feeling was so strong that I remember I went into my parents' kitchen. And I went into the drawer, the junk drawer, and I got a screwdriver and I destroyed the tape. I destroyed it. I broke it. Threw it out. Feeling was appeased. Didn't think much of it. Uh, I don't even remember if I was freaked out or not. And I think that was the beginning of it. Now, look, when I tell you this, I want you guys to know something. I'm not by any means like, uh, uh, and I don't mean this meanly because if anybody out there is suffering from this this shit, it's it's uh, I I have all the sympathy in the world. So, but I'm not like a, an OCD freak. I'm not I'm not one of these people that you know is agoraphobic. I'm not one of these people that washes their hands twenty thousand times a day until they bleed. I'm not one of these people that has to close a door seventeen times before they feel good. But I understand where those people come from, and what the feeling that those people are having because I get those now. I can't really tell you, uh, you know, after that, there's, it was kind of a blur. I'm sure that I had low level feelings after that. Just for some reason, I just kind of remember that, that moment. Like, you know, you remember your first things. You remember the first time you got a boner. You remember the first time you fucking heard the dead Kennedys. You remember the first time that you tasted bacon. You remember the first time that you fucking, uh, you know, whatever, had sex. You, re- you just, 
you remember the first times of things. And for some reason, I remember the first time that I had this weird brain-locked OCD thought. So going forward, I'm sure that I had them, and I'm sure that they kind of controlled my life in little ways. But I, I could tell you, in my adult life, in my adult life, I've definitely dealt with this. And, and this is the craziest thing. And this is what I'm, I'm revealing to you people at home. And believe me, I've never been more vulnerable than I am right now on this show. I'm not. This isn't a joke. I'm not. I'm, this isn't a bit. This isn't a fucking ruse. I actually don't want to talk about this. I feel uncomfortable right now talking about this. But you know what? I feel like at the end of this tunnel, when I'm done having this conversation, that maybe hopefully I will feel a little bit better about this part of my life. And maybe some people out there are suffering with the same stuff. And maybe me talking about it can maybe help them feel a little bit better. And that's really all that we should be doing for each other, by the way. A little side caveat. Instead of being at each other's throats because one person likes a fucking uh, a figurehead that's in the office and the other person doesn't, or one person thinks that there should be a fucking stupid wall and another person doesn't, or whatever it may be, we should really just be fucking sending love to each other, trying to help each other, trying to mend each other. That's really what should be going on anyway. Sorry. Falling off track. Let me tell you how OCD affects me right now as a 37-year-old man and how it has for at least as long as I can remember in my late teens and so on and so forth. The main thing that it does for me and is when I go to choose something that there's two of, I get locked up. I get locked up. I can't do it. I can't choose it most of the time. Sometimes it's easy. Some days I wake up and there's no problems. Some days I wake up and, and everything's a little bit of a struggle. And it, again, it's not something that keeps, makes me late for work. It's not something that, that, that harms my, my, you know, it's not something that's harmful to me physically or anything like that. It's not something that, it, it's not one of these things, but it's small little things. Like, let me give you a, uh, an example. When I work out and I'm, and I'm using free weights or dumbbells, when I go to put the dumbbells back and I put them on the ground, something tells me that I have to turn the other one around. And then I'll turn that other one around and it still won't feel right. And then I'll have to turn the other one around and it still doesn't feel right. And I and sometimes, sometimes I just do it once. Sometimes I don't do it all. But sometimes I get locked up to the point where I'm sitting there and I'm turning these fucking things around so I could find this magic combination of two dumbbell turns that is going to alleviate the fact that I feel like something horrible is going to happen if I don't find the right fucking thing, like I'm playing Zelda or Tomb Raider or some shit, like some magical wall is going to open if I get the right emblems in the right fucking places, or I can make the sunlight shine on the right dial that's going to bounce off into another fucking thing so I could get the goddamn slingshot so I could fuck up Ganon's ass. This happens to me. But I'm not getting any slingshot. I'm not fucking up any Ganon. I'm just, I'm just for some reason locked up and feeling like something horrible is going to happen if I don't turn these stupid 25-pound dumbbells in the right direction. That's one thing. The other thing, and this happens, this is probably the most that it, that it happens to me, is in the morning when I'm choosing clothes to wear. This is, this is something that's cons- pretty consistent, and no matter how good I'm feeling or how bad I'm feeling and, and, and how much time it takes and how low level it is, this is something that happens to me on a daily basis. And you know what? If there's anybody out there, I've never, again, I've never discussed this. Like, RTG knows about my obsessive compulsive. Uh, you know, my, my exes know about, uh, know about it. You know, people that are close to me know, know about it on certain levels. But this kind of stuff that I'm telling you people right now, this is, this is stuff that I don't tell anybody. I don't think anybody has, uh, has ever, I've ever even put this out there. But 
when I wake up in the morning and I'm trying to choose a shirt to wear, a boxer shorts to wear, and socks to wear, I swear to God, I know it sounds insane, but it's a process and it's it's sometimes it's a grueling one. I will take out a pair of socks and sometimes I'll even put them on and then I'll get this feeling like I can't wear those socks or something bad is going to happen and I will take them off and I will put them in the drawer and then I'll take another pair. Sometimes I'll just rummage through my sock drawer and just touch socks and 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 get a bad feeling or a good feeling about it. and it always ends in the same way especially if it goes on for a little bit i always just i always just go and i'll just grab one and then i'll try to just force it and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't i know this sounds nuts but it's the truth and while it's happening i'm fully aware of how nuts it is how magical thinking and how crazy and how untrue it is i've never once for for a moment actually believed that if i wore a fucking pair of Nike socks instead of a pair of Adidas socks that something bad was going to happen to somebody that I loved. I know in my rational mind that it's not going to happen, but there's a feeling, there's a lockup that you get that makes every cell in your body feel like that you can't go on with that action, that you have to change it. Same thing with, with my underwear. I know this sounds nuts, but uh, but it's true. I fucking, sometimes I do this. Now I'm being really honest and raw with you guys. Sometimes I have to, in the morning, close my eyes and pick a pair of boxer shorts and put them on before I look at them. Because I know if I look at them, it might be a color or a color scheme or whatever it may be that that I know is a bad one that I can't fucking wear. Another thing is the color red. If you're a friend of mine, you might notice that I never wear the color red. It's never, I've never worn it. And and uh, and for, and this is a very low level one, but it's just kind of like, eh, why not? Like, I don't like the color red as it is, uh, so it doesn't really hurt that much. But it is an OCD thing where I just fucking, I'm just like, I'm not gonna wear red. If I if I get a if if my parents buy, if my mom, which she normally does, even though I'm about to be fucking forty years old, will buy me socks and underwear for Christmas. If she gives me a pair of socks and and a, a, a pair of those socks has red stripes on it, throw those motherfuckers out. Put those motherfuckers in the trash. No red for some reason. These are all things. This is this is the way that it manifests through me. This is what I'm telling you guys. And you know what? I already feel better talking about this because I'm not ashamed of it. There's nothing I could do about it. It's a it's an illness. It's a it's a uh, it's a thing that you just you deal with. I've in all the things that I've read read about, most people believe that it's genetic. You know. Freud, of course, thought that meant that you you want to fuck your mom or whatever it is, but they've kind of they've got gotten past that. It, it, now they believe that it it is through the genes and that it's it, it's basically a misfire in the brain every once in a while. Now, thank God, honestly, when I watch these shows about people that have like OCD, OCD, like hoarders, or um or fucking again the people that wash their hands a billion times the people that have to touch doorknobs 17 times before they leave the people that drive all the way to work and then fucking think in their mind that they left the coffee pot on and their house is going to burn down and they have to drive home i remember reading one time about uh there was one dude in this book that i read it might even be brain lock this guy had such a ocd about battery acid he was so afraid of battery acid that he would stay up all night listening for uh, screeching tires in his neighborhood. And then if he ever did hear screeching tires or know that there was a car crash, he would drive around his neighborhood at three, four, five in the morning when he had work the next day. If he saw a car crash, he would wait 
until the car crash was moved. And then he would get out with a fucking scrubber and soap and water and clean the street that the accident was on because he knew that he would be driving through that the next morning to go to work and he couldn't get battery acid on his car. Swear to God. These are all things that are just nuts as shit. But the weird thing is, is that I understand where that guy's coming from. I'm glad that I'm not that fucking crazy. I'm glad that it doesn't take up my life because here's the thing that I got to say is that you might be at home right now thinking, oh, fuck, dev dog is nuts. And for many reasons, you're right. But as far as the OCD goes, this is maybe takes this maybe affects like one fucking one hundredth of the 24 hours of my day. This is not something that I that I really deal with. But if I allow it to get out of control, it can take it can take over more. Here's an instance. Stay with me here. Here's here's something that it's hopeful and I know that I can control it is. You know how I was just saying to you guys before, if I have if I have to choose between two things, like sometimes when I'm at the supermarket, if I'm rolling up and I want to get myself a nice fucking uh, uh, jar of honey roasted peanuts, I'll grab one jar of honey roasted peanuts and that won't feel right. And I'll grab another jar of roasted honey peanuts. What? Honey roasted peanuts. And sometimes it might take two or three. And if there's people in the aisle, I don't want to see, like, I don't want to let it go that they're, that I'm having an OCD fit. So sometimes I'll just, like, look at one and I'll touch another one. It's very fucking weird, but it happens sometimes. But what I'm saying is, when I'm at work, uh, there's a lot of times where I have to go get two things or something like that. And I, since I'm at work and I want to be as proficient as possible at work, somehow I just shut it off. Sometimes I get the little feeling. Sometimes I get it in my body. Like I, I feel it coming up. But I just say somehow I just rationalize with myself and I say that it, it, that you know that this is irrational and you're at work and you cannot let this affect your work. And then it doesn't. So I know that's you know through practice I could control this, and it's not that big of a, of a of thing of a hindrance on my everyday activity. But it just feels good to say it. it just feels good to, to, to bring out the fact that I fucking deal with this on a daily basis and I have for a very long time. Ever since I smashed the fucking Cindy Lauper colored uh, Gallagher tape when I was a child, all the way up till now, when I'm 37 years old, sitting in a fucking studio, podcast studio, talking to nobody in front of me, except all you lovely people that still listen to the show at home, which I really appreciate. It feels good to talk about this shit because this is my one, this is my thing. I've got tons of problems. I fucking can't make relationships work. I fucking um, am 37 years old and I'm starting a new career from the bottom up. I uh, fucking fluctuate in weight like a motherfucker. Today, I fucking I got out. I was in the city and I, I've been doing so fucking good. And then I had to wait for a train for 40 minutes. And before I know it, I was shoving pizza and a fucking soda in my face like I wasn't even the same fucking person. I deal with that shit all the time. Why the fuck? Sorry, I was just about to get mad at the computer again. Never mind. Not going to happen. Hang on. All with that which does not serve you. Anyway, I don't want to, you know, I could talk about this more and and maybe maybe it would be nice to have our friend Stephanie come in and talk about this because I'm sure she deals with this kind of stuff on a, on a daily basis because um, she deals with crazy people all the time. Maybe I could get a, like a real professional in here and we could talk about it. But you know what? Letting that out there, that's all. That's all I wanted to say. These are These are the things I deal with. I deal with obsessive compulsive disorder more than a human being should. Um, and, and sometimes it's rough for me and I can let it go. 
And that's, that's what you need to know. That's all. It feels good to say it. It feels good to put it out there. And I hope that if anybody at home is, uh, is dealing with it, know that you got a friend in your buddy dev dog. And we could talk about it. If you want to fucking email me, we could, we could, uh, we could go back and forth with stories. Because when I tell you that there is nothing too crazy for me, you could tell me the craziest OCD story in the world. And even though I might not be, re- be able to relate to that activity, like scrubbing the street for battery acid at four in the morning when I have to wake up at seven because it's going to get in my car or anything like that, I could still understand where that feeling comes from, how weird and scary and confusing it is to get this feeling at all you know because it's the most magical crazy thinking in the world you feel like here's another thing that i do and this is nuts and uh and and see these things are so common in my life that i while i'm talking to you they're just popping up i i don't even i don't even have a list of them they're just things that i do here's another thing that i do is sometimes i'll deny myself shit that I that I'm really enjoying at the time because all of a sudden I feel like something bad will happen. Like if I'm listening to a new album and I have a song in that album that I really really love, it's my favorite song. I like every once in a while I'll go to put the album on and then something in my body will tell me skip that song. If you don't skip that song, something bad will happen. Or sometimes they'll they'll be like a lyric or like somebody will talk talk about dying in the song or something or or something like that and I'll feel like if I listen to that lyric something bad will happen. I know this is fucking nuts. I know it's nuts. But it happens. Not very often, but it happens. Sometimes I avoid sometimes I avoid things because I feel like if they're associated with something bad that happened and I don't want that to reoccur. Like uh, if uh, if I was like eating something specifically when something bad happened, I'll probably never eat that again because I feel like if I eat that again, then something bad will happen again. These kind of things. These are the things I deal with. And again, it's not I'm not going to fucking shut off this this uh, this podcast and go upstairs and wash my hands th- 7000 times. To be more honest with you, I'm going to shut off this podcast, probably drink the rest of this bottle of red wine, hit that weed vape that I have put on fucking Shit's Creek and pass out. And there's, there'll be no obsessive compulsive fucking activity whatsoever. There might not even be tomorrow when I'm selecting socks. I don't know. But these are things that I deal with. There's something that's in my life and something that I want you guys, who I, all, who I love and I consider fucking my friends, listeners of this podcast, to know about me. Because honestly, in this day and age, with all this shit that's going on in the fucking world, the only thing that we could be anymore is honest. That's it. Honesty has to... The more that the general public pulls away from honesty and is putting up these firewalls and these, uh, these, these fake narratives that they want people to believe about themselves, uh, and, and I'm talking about all of you, I'm talking about everybody, uh, you know, the, the, the fake outrage that the left has, the fake fucking, uh, like anger that the right has the fake everything all this all these fake narratives that we're throwing out there is harming us because we need to be more honest we need to be more honest with each other how amazing would it be i'm a single person and i'm i'm on the dating scene and you know how honest would it be if you you went out with a woman for the first time or even if you're talking to somebody on tinder or facebook or whatever and instead of playing stupid games you guys were just honest with each other hey I think that you're fucking hot and you make me laugh and I want to spend more time with you instead of, oh, yeah, I'm going to wait three days to get in touch with you or I'm going to fucking, you know, like play coy games by 
liking all your shit and hinting and like all these things. The more the more technology that we have, it's supposed to bring us together more and easier. But I feel like it's separating us more. How often do we sit down and look into each other's eyes and say, hey, I'm dealing with this bullshit. I'm a fucking heroin addict. I'm a fucking OCD maniac. I'm a fucking alcoholic. I was abused when I was a kid. I was this, I was that, I was that. Because is anybody is anybody out there actually shocked by anything anymore? I don't believe it. I don't believe that. Right? I mean, maybe maybe people out in the Bible Belt or something are still crazy. Like, they see two dudes holding hands and they freak the fuck out. But you know what? I even feel like that's a fake narrative. I feel like that's something that's not coming from a place of truth. Because if we're being honest with ourselves, who the fuck in 2017 would be offended by two guys kissing or two women kissing? Nobody. Because it doesn't fucking exist. You can't be mad at that shit. It doesn't fucking exist. I'm using that as an example. But what I'm saying is that you know, who could be shocked by these things? I can understand 30 years ago, if somebody was sitting here saying that, you know, I, I fucking ganked up a Gallagher. Well, I guess not. Let's say I ganked up a fucking Lenny Bruce uh, fucking vinyl album because I felt like somebody in my family was going to die if I listened to it. Then maybe the paddy wagon would come and they'd be like, we don't understand fucking death by noose or whatever they did. I know 30 years ago was only the fucking <laughs> It's only the 80s. I know. I don't know. I'm sorry. 60 years ago, 70 years ago, I get it. But now, now we're living in a fucking world where everybody's out, everybody's doing podcasts, everybody's doing YouTube videos, everybody's giving all their, like, eccentricities, is that a fucking word? All, all their craziness to the world. So you can't be shocked by anything anymore, is what I'm saying. So let's be more honest with each other. Here's another thing. I know that I'm just ranting at the end of this episode, and I hope people stuck with it. Here's another thing that kills me, is in this fucking, in this situation that we're in right now, why would you want to silence anybody? Why is the fucking left out there trying to shut that Milo dude up and stop him from speaking? Why would you want to do that? Wouldn't you want people to speak their minds and say what they want because then you could know what they actually think and feel so you could know whether to fucking stay away from them or not? At what point would you ever want people to not be able to speak? It's free fucking speech. That's the whole point of it. And to see these people that that consider themselves fucking liberals and left and, and, and free thinkers showing up in droves to shut down somebody from speaking publicly it doesn't make any sense now i know you can make the argument that you don't want his his rhetoric to get out there and infect anybody else that might be fucking open-minded and looking for some sort of direction or something like that but that's not going to happen ultimately people are going to think for themselves ultimately I, you know, I know that there's been things. I know that there, there was, there's been the fucking Haley Comet people. I know that there's been Hitler. I know that there's been people out there that fucking take control of people like that. But it, but it's just most, for the most part, people are going to make up their own minds. They're going to think for themselves. The one thing that we cannot do, especially right now in this time that we're dealing with, which is just generally disturbing. I feel like that's why I had to listen to Butt Trumpet because all these bad, this bad energy, 
that every day you go on the internet, I want to give up the fucking internet because there's not one day that I go on the internet that it's just not boom, 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 Trump, 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 fucking this, that, this, this is wrong, this is wrong, fake news, this, that, it's coming from every fucking angle, the signals are fucking getting crossed all over the place, synapses are misfiring, no wonder why I can't pick out socks in the fucking morning, I just feel like, ah, all which does not serve you, what I want to leave you guys with is this, Thank you for listening about my OCD. I know I didn't go in much depth. And if you have any further questions about it, I'll gladly talk about it with anybody. Because an open narrative is the only thing that we should have with people. What I want to leave you with is this. Don't stifle people's thoughts, their speech. And I know right now it's really easy. It's really easy to get all worked up when there's somebody that may think differently than you do. But if you just stop and think about maybe where that person's coming from, maybe we could all meet on some sort of level ground. Like, it can't be, you can't, if you're, if you're out there and you're uh, 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 on the left or you're liberal, you can't just blanketly hate everybody that supports Donald Trump. Maybe there's people out there that, that have a reason for supporting Donald Trump. I'm not saying that I do, uh, you know, but in, in conversely, if you're out there and you're and you're on the right and and conservative and voted for Donald Trump you also just can't blanket everyone that's mad and scared and worried about all the things that might be taken away under Trump's re- regime and just call everybody snowflakes that can't happen either because there's reasons for people to be scared there's also reasons for people to have hope and because there's never one side of a fucking story and I think that we're just out there letting all of this stuff that is, that is being funneled into our face on a daily basis through our phones and our computers and our iPads and our televisions, just this constant fucking pipe of streaming bullshit that is just being sent into us at every second of the day that we're, we're kind of being controlled by it. And we feel like we need, you know, there's nothing that the human, that humans like more than being on a fucking team. There's nothing more than that. That's why people get all excited about when movies gross the most amount of... Who gives a fuck about how much a movie makes? But for some reason, people are like, oh, I saw that fucking Pirates of the Caribbean 7. It made $18 billion, and I saw it. I was the first online because they, for some reason, they want to be part of the winning team. They feel like they need to fucking alliance up and get on whatever winning team it is, whether they like the product or not, and that's what's going on right now. People are immediately jumping sides. I go onto Facebook and I look at people that I have crazy respect for, that I love, that I know as people. I know that they're intelligent, free-thinking human beings, and they're just regurgitating this shit, this fucking bullshit that is coming out of all these news outlets that are just want stories. They just want they just want clicks. They just want views. They just want to sell advertising. So of course they're going to manipulate and use the state of affairs right now to make as, as make all of that happen. Of course they're going to fear monger. Of course they're going to pander to the left. Of course they're going to pander to the right. Of course all that stuff's going to happen because they're money making entities. They have stockholders. They fucking don't care about you, and they're dividing us as people. See what I'm saying? I'm not going to rant anymore. Thank you for listening to the solo episode. Thank you for dealing with my screaming. Thank you for dealing with my little OCD thing. That made me feel a lot better. I just want everybody to, to let everybody speak and try to understand where everyone's coming from. You know what I'm saying? You know where I'm coming from? 
greater lives have been lived and lost in the gallows than have ever been enshrined in palaces. I miss your taste and your see-through clothes The way you smell and the way you roll I know it's a crime to bring you around Your beauty can increase by the pound If you go on Patreon and you subscribe for the $5 or more tier, you're going to get two extra episodes a month. Uh, March, for the people, Patreon subscribers for March, you're going to get it on the, um, the second and the last weekend of the month. They're going to be your episodes because um, I'm going away in the middle to go do some watch some spring training, so I won't be around that weekend. But you're going to get your two episodes. Also, go on iTunes and leave a review. Even if that review is, yo, I just listened to this podcast for the first time and this maniac screamed and then talked about how he can't pick out socks for an hour. That's fine. As long as you write us a written review, that's fucking, that helps us out so much. Otherwise, we'll be back here on Saturday with some friends. Maybe Richie, that'd be nice, but I'm not going to make any promises. I'm going to send him, I'm going to cap off this bottle of wine and send him about 50 to 60 more thumbs ups on Facebook Messenger, so maybe I'll break him. Anyway, love you all. See you in a few short days. Seeds I'm lost in the trees. My thirst and hunger seem to increase. The music we made Thanks for listening to the Awkward High Five Podcast. For more episodes, visit awkwardhighfive.com.